0: Welcome to the Danger Room, a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast focused on helping you prepare for the opponents you are yet to face. We discuss strategy, tips, tricks, and things that you should be considering to level up your gameplay. Don't forget to join us on our free Discord, or if you feel so inclined to become a Patreon, as we discuss MCP on a daily basis. The links will be in the description. On the podcast, regular members include Dizzard, Jacob, Mike, and sploosh. Alright, welcome back to another week of the Danger Room and let's jump right into it. Jacob, what do you got for Xavier Protocols?
1: So, uh, we're at week three in the league, uh, which Uh, means we were at the roster change. So rosters are about to change and we'll see how that all shakes out and that'll be interesting. But I thought it was interesting to look with the rosters we've currently got, which are the ones, what's gone 3-0? And there's some really good rosters and really good players who haven't gone 3-0. So this is just a slice of the data, just an interesting way to look at it. Uh, And when you shake it out, uh, Brotherhood are coming out on top. So there's a time of recording, there's 30 lists that are 3 and 0, and 23% of them are Brotherhood. Second place, Criminal Syndicate, with 20%. Then we've got Avengers and Web Warriors, who had very high uh, representations, have seen them at 13, it's not surprising. Uh, then uh, most of them are in there somewhere, but there's a few who uh aren't there at all, uh, and the one that's surprising me as not being there is Midnight Suns. There isn't currently, and then maybe there's like a game still waiting to happen uh, in the last, I don't know, uh, eight hours, whatever there is left of the day, uh, for Midnight Suns to go 3-0, but there's not an undefe- there's not a Midnight Suns list at the minute that's uh, that's gone undefeated. So that, that did surprise me. I think they're really strong, and, and clearly dice are a factor, and there's a lot of variables and variants in, in Marvel. Um, but there's some good players playing uh, Midnight Suns, and no, no one's got there yet.
0: Interesting, I think Midnight Suns like have potential, but as like you said, it's just, they really come down to numbers. Like they're all like that uh, that X team, you know. Um,
1: <laughs> but they, um, well, uh, there is none. There is there is someone who's got X Force in their roster. Maybe it's Jewel, but it's undefeated.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting, but it's like you look at Midnight Suns and like you would expect them to perform better than X Force because they actually have agency on scenario within their um affiliation as well as like some of this really good attacks and really good characters like they naturally get voodoo uh you don't have to like squeeze anything in to get voodoo and i think blade is super amazing but like i don't know maybe there's not like completely unlocked yet like nobody's broken them um i really don't know because i'd expect them to do a lot better because if you look at them as a whole and like they're not a bad affiliation by any means
1: if you just they also get Black
0: Cat in affiliation. Yeah.
1: Uh, wait, Midnight Suns get Black Cat? I thought they get Voodoo. No, they get both. Oh, man, Black Cat's Midnight Suns? I did not pick up on that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's good. yeah. Oh, I, like I don't know if it's actually good with them because she doesn't really synergize at all with um,
1: the uh, Midnight Suns tactics card. I don't know. Yeah, but the, the hop gets you even further away when you're running I- away with her
2: the hound is kind of cute if you really want to get that short move on her spender for lots of power
1: yeah yeah or in those single target extracts which i can see them running she's good on those uh and then if they're like limiting you to any one move or limiting you to short then again that that hop helps you with the runaway game Um, i
2: think my thing with midnight suns and believe me on paper they look awesome and their characters are just cool like there's 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 a second kind of cool with them um but I think they're just, like, not the best at anything. It's like, Attrition, they're good. They're not the best, though. And they definitely are not the best control team. In fact, they're kind of just, I would even say, a little below average with that. Yeah. So, um, they, have the, they probably have arguably the best tactics cards in the game. I'll give them that. Um, but that's a lot of pressure on a tactics card. Tactics cards are good, but they sometimes don't want like win games, you know? Um, they can help you win a game but rarely does someone just say like oh the tactics
1: card won me the game i don't
0: know so i i think that they have a keep jumping back to x-force That's because it's like it's very i think they're very relatable to x-force um with their game plan what they want to do and but they should be performing the same game plan better like let's look at like your game sploosh last week um like merzane's like Seat of Darkness into a Follow Me, like he was completely dominating, but then he just fizzled out.
2: Yeah, like, the Texas cards were insane, and he was—they obliterated me. But it was just like a turn, and then and then just the regular game again. You know,
0: so maybe um, that's like the secret that people haven't quite like dove too deep into is the same thing that I was having issues with X Force. Is like you have a very strong open opener, but then you just fizzle out way too early, and you can't like keep the momentum going.
2: They also have pretty sweet turn one place uh as well with their bump yeah. um but like it's weird because like you kind of have to go with like gem strange or like hella or something which is like
0: i don't know not super exciting i think, think Hella's like, really cool in there but that's just me
1: no uh, i like her too but i mostly like that there's a place where Hella's seen playing competitive rosters mm-hmm. yeah yeah got a few more numbers as well uh tactics cards indomitable in 87 percent of three and i rosters it's pretty high i'm actually a little bit surprised it's not higher but you know it's a good card we've gone on about it before uh, i feel like other we ones,
2: agree it should be a hundred
1: percent right but like for some reason it's not i, I mean i'd be i might dig into which rosters it is that's not bringing it and see whether those change at uh that to change, but yeah, I have a question
2: for you guys. Just, just um, in your three games so far in the cut, how much have you brought Indomitable, and how important
0: was it, if, if at all? Zero and zero. <laughs>
1: um, I think I can't remember that I brought it. I definitely didn't bring it in the game this week. And there was about three times when I was like, nah, I kind of wish I had Indomitable right now. Um, and then uh, I, I brought it at least once in. The other games and it was it was, you know, it got me a VP at least. It got me at least one VP. So if tactics Card says pay two power, score a VP, I would take that card.
2: Yeah, I actually can't remember that well my games, uh, because it feels like my first game was eight hundred years ago. <laughs> and then against Merzane, I think I didn't bring it and I didn't care. I didn't need it. Can't remember actually, but I'm pretty sure. Sh- Actually I may have brought it. And I think I the threat of it made him not throw my character. Yeah. Which was interesting. So kind of get in your head a little. Um, so yeah.
0: I, I don't know. Like we say Donald is good, but like I, I say zero and zero because like I have it in my roster, but I didn't play it and I didn't miss it. Um the one card that I wish I had was Sacrifice though.
1: So. That's the um that's the highest uh, if, uh, apart from Indomitable's the highest, unrestricted card, 57% three Serenity rosters. Yeah, i Sacrifice has been doing amazing things for me.
2: Yeah, I love Sacrifice. I think I only brought it my first game, but it was really good there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was actually looking at swapping Indomitable for Sacrifice. Um, I think it's much more important, uh, to be completely honest. I think is good. I think both are important.
2: They're different games, know. too. That's the thing.
1: Yeah.
0: So I can agree with this different games, but it's like sacrifice can be helpful in almost every single game. Where Indonables only helpful 90% of the time? Someone had told me once that like, um, you look at Indomitable, like I think it was utility cookie. He said, why isn't so good when I have nine displacements and you're only stopping one of them? Like, what is it actually gaining you? Because I'm just going to do it anyways.
1: Well, you save that for yeah you know, one later in the round.
2: Yeah, critical um, turn. And you're yeah. always in the opponent's head. As to like, oh, is this the turn he does it? That's you know? fair,
0: but it's like I—I I don't know. Like, I'd much rather just have sacrifice well, if it came down between the two.
1: Sure, but a counterpoint to that, why was why do we say taking brace for impact is good against a Magneto team? You're going to throw a bunch of stuff at me anyway, aren't you? It's yeah. the same kind of thing. It's yeah, you're going to stick that one size four building that's going to do a bunch of damage. Ex- or yeah, exactly. You're like, going to do it when they're on one health, and like that size two is probably going to kill them. Yeah.
2: Like, the opponent um, can choose between a size 2 and a size 4, or both, and you're just in their head, because they're like, "Oh, I know he's going to brace if I do the size 4. So, now he may do the size 2, and maybe if you blank out completely, your character's dead, but if it's off by 1, now your character's at 1 health, and it's like, ugh, I'm going to throw the size 4, he's just going to brace it, and it's like, I lose that awesome building, you know? Uh, yeah. It- it's so valuable to be in your opponent's head in those situations. And you have the agency. They, they really don't have any agency when you're holding those cards. Because you get to decide. It's, they don't force it on
1: you. Hmm. Um, do we want to circle back and just talk Brotherhood quickly things? We're on the subject. So 23%, that seems pretty high of the the rosters. Are they better than we've been giving them credit for?
0: I think we've been giving them the credit of that. Yeah, <laughs>
2: Yeah, like, I,
1: we you know, just released I that like... episode.
0: Mike and I made
2: about making a yeah. Brotherhood roster, and we we felt pretty high on them.
1: I, I feel like in my mind they were kind of below, not quite breaking into like the top four, and maybe I've been misevaluating them.
0: I want to say when we were saying jokes came out, and then they got Rogue and Gambit. I want to say on that episode we talked about them being tippy top of A tier, if not teetering into S tier.
2: Yeah. Actually, I describe them as the best beat your team, but <laughs> honestly, I, I may have undersold them a little because even when I was building the roster with Mike, like I think the mystique sort of swarm sort of yeah. strat- not not that you have to build just that strategy—but it fits in kind of well with yeah. with the Magneto plan, and it's kind of like what people have been doing with Black Order, where they can kind of trick you a little bit or maybe kind of juke when you expect them to not juke or whatever phrase there is for that um (laughs) but you know what i'm saying right like having the option and it be a very strong viable option i think mystique was always considered like kind of like you just cause like you have to almost because of being so expensive Uh, and i think what was it like season five we had a brotherhood in the finals playing mystique so it was against black order um So, you know, the pieces have been there. They just got better pieces, more pieces. Uh, You know, I think everybody was hyped for Rogue too, right? I mean, people were playing Rogue as if she was Brotherhood like months before she was released just because it was so much
1: excitement. Yeah. Uh, and one final one, one final number that jumped out at me because I've also got the crises here, and there's a whole load of crises sort of around about 40% uh, of rosters, but there's one that jumps out at 60% of rosters. You want to take a guess which one?
0: Demons Downtown.
1: Sploosh, you got a guess?
2: Uh, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's, it's hammers. 60% of people bringing hammers wow
2: i wouldn't have guessed that
1: so no well ne- next time play the game and then you get to win <laughs> no i wouldn't have guessed
2: that
0: no,
1: i wouldn't guess that
2: i'm kind of like over hammers like i feel like hammers was so last year you know
0: well okay so I, I was gonna say demons or hammers but i only gave one i guess i should have asked if you're talking next tracks or secures but wow, like so I'm
1: specifically vague to make the field wider
0: <laughs> fair enough um well played but i i, I agree with sploosh here like hammers is kind of a trap these days um there's so many affiliations that can literally abuse it and does it really make you better yeah more dice more whatever it's more fun it's more damage potential but like every game of hammers i play i'm like man i really wish i was playing scrolls instead of hammers um i think this is a day in the age that you want to be playing single extracts um to be completely honest even though there are so many things because you don't want to be playing like unless you have like agency to abuse it you don't want to be playing spiders or cubes um then hammers sure you can go to parody but there's so many teams out there that can go and make it not parody if they have prio um especially if they build for it and hammers typically ends up being like such a landslide of swingy turns like you're gonna have your swing turns and your opponents gonna have their swing turn so it's like almost kind of just like Hammers is almost negative in the fact that one, tactic cards are so important to the game, um, and it's making it more expensive. Two, you're not really gonna get the benefit of the more dice in, until it's like, like sure, one die, and um, and then you start stacking them. It's like, nice, you know, Hulk has like four hammers and he's just completely smashing you with 15 die builders or whatever it is. Um, that's an exaggeration, but still, like, it could be there at some point. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just insane. Like I think hammers is actually a trap nowadays. And if you're playing it, you either have an insanely turn one play to where you're getting three hammers, or you just don't know what else to play. Um, and at that point, I kind of implore people to like, if you don't, if you're not running a team that can abuse five wide extracts, and you're not running a team that can abuse hammers. Then you should probably just be running all the single extracts.
2: Well, I got two things. First of all, everyone knows good with hammers. It's like one of the oldest memes of mcp but uh winter soldier is actually just dumb with hammers i just gotta throw yeah. that out there i'll agree um but another thing um is it, you know what it reminds me of is when everybody was playing hired muscle you started to see like a lot of fisk in the game because it's like hey i'm investing like one eighth of my tactics cards for this stupid card hired muscle i might as well bring things that you know are good with hired muscle like also citizens and even spiders right um now obviously hired muscles banned but there's these other characters in the game right now like voodoo and black cat and so like you're saying does it with the single extracts it's like well i am already bringing voodoo right so why don't i just bring extracts that are like obnoxious with voodoo yeah. you know and i think that's kind of where we're at right now and it's like not so much that hammer's Has changed at all. It's just the game has changed in a way that, like, for competitive players who are playing the best thing, which was it something like forty something percent of people are playing voodoo. Which it'll be interesting to see if that goes up or not. In the I expect it will It was for people that don't know. uh, After three games, everyone can change their roster. So it'll be interesting to see if people add voodoo to their roster, you know, or not. Uh,
1: Um, Just just so you know, it's sixty percent of three and rosters have voodoo.
2: Nice, I'm not one of them though. I, I'm, I'm not trying to be stubborn or anything. I just think that Black Panther makes sense for me. But uh, I get why people would bring Voodoo and a uh, Voodoo. He's just crushing all over my Black Cat so well, much. So much. Well, noise. let's
0: let's let's talk about that real quick because I think it's actually a very important. Thing is the Voodoo versus Black Cat because I think it's very rare that you're gonna want both in your your roster um, unless you can actually abuse both, but. I think a lot of times cause you're taking black Cat, aren't you? Yeah.
2: I pretty much but you, like you can, but
0: you can abuse black cat. I think we've talked about that before. Is like, you should only be taking black cat is if you can abuse her and be able to pull off like steals round one or round two. Um, but if like, 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 like <laughs> I hate to do this, but let's talk about midnight suns or X force. They can't really abuse black cat steel. They can't. Um, yeah. um, so I don't, I don't care mean. to take black cat in those teams.
1: Does it? You're you're only a Sith deals in absolutes. I think you're being quite uh, a couple of times this cast already. You're like you should only do this in this situation. I think there's there's probably a bit more nuance there than I think you believe Fair. that as well. But um, yeah, no, you're not wrong. Criminal syndicate don't abuse black hat. I think they do because uh, she can yeah, easily no, they steal. Definitely do. Yeah, <laughs> they don't easily steal. They've got an awful power generation. They have got no way of getting. Yeah, her you to play R or whatever. There's no. ways. I mean, so you get it round two, and but then you don't have the power to hand it off, so you are not using that extract. I mean, I but then any affiliation can play R and D. So, I mean, what you are yeah. saying, I, I don't. Okay, maybe I should phrase it better. Uh, I'll, I'll well, I mean, they also have all to according to, to plan. Anyway. To just auto win games. I mean, that's a thing. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll give you that one, but it feels like there is a lot better synergy in a lot other places. I yeah. mean, she's affiliated, like well it's that's just, kind of the nuance i'm going for and she's affiliated in four different affiliations including turns out um in midnight suns
2: yeah right. i mean i've seen where say he would take black cat out of his roster and he so I, I just because you're affiliated and in the roster doesn't actually mean it's a good character Black it's yeah. a weird one and uh, i know mike and i kind of off air if you will uh, we we've discussed like is Black Cat overhyped should we and maybe even do like an episode on how to counter her and mm-hmm. Voodoo is probably one of the best counters to Black Cat in the game and he's yeah. also like the new hotness yeah so that brings her stocks down a little bit
1: just um, uh, just in case people aren't aware do you want to explain what Mazone's roster is just a brief outline that he's considering taking Black Cat out of uh
2: I think he was saying he so he cut Hella out of his roster and he I mean, wanted her back in because he missed the turn one plays, and like yeah. when Zane was playing hammers, we actually played hammers in our game, uh, so like having a turn one play on hammers is kind of a big deal, you know. Um, yeah. Also, nobody forces middle fights is it? probably as good as Midnight Suns. I mean, I guess Black Order kind of like forces. Not so much middle fights as in like a fishing line to pull you p- past your middle but um midnight suns have real game into the middle um mm. so the i don't know PCs, I,
1: yeah
2: i'm not gonna read his whole roster or whatever i, I can't remember yeah, yeah. he said there was one other adjustment he wanted to make i can't remember what he said now it but... was
1: just to give context to the listeners if they've got no idea what mzane's playing
2: yeah Mazane um, was a midnight suns player that i played against um like on date or round two I'm pretty
0: sure he wanted to take Black Hat back out for Hela. Um, I think that's like yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah that was the biggest
2: one, but he did mention another character, and I
0: don't, I'm just spacing out on what he mm. not know. He wanted to put Wong back, back in. That's what it was.
2: Oh, is it
1: Wong? Yeah, for some <laughs> yeah. combos. and Just, just for some... the memes, right? No, no because one's actually been good in Midnight Suns. I guess that's true. He's designed to support those big characters. Yeah, like yeah.
0: the heal's good, being able to pass off power is good, which I guess in Midnight Suns if you're playing Wong Black Hat, could be interesting uh, um because one could the thing is her out, I, guess, like, but I don't care
2: of, no because you're like kind of an attrition team and you're dedicating yeah. five like, threat to like these pillow characters yeah no i agree <laughs> that also have no real synergy with siege of darkness other than being affiliated
0: yeah that's um, like i don't care for black hat inside minnesota's i really don't um like me trying to build a list with them i'm like i don't think he like contributes to the plan that much but this comes back to me saying like voodoo versus black cat i think i just think voodoo like yeah he's one threat more but he just does so much more too he's got a throw he has a really good builder and a really good spender and he can have like potentially what like an influence of five vps against your opponent with his token
2: yeah. he's medium base with the a medium move so it's like faster than most characters he flies it's just he does kind of it all um and it's so annoying like when you look at a board and you're like if voodoo double move possesses my character it screws me over and the range on that is just stupid (laughs) it's just like you never
1: feel safe what's Um, even worse is the move possess move away that's that's what you really don't want to see
2: no for sure but yeah just knowing that like Double move possess is always like an option. It's just so yeah. frustrating.
1: Should we talk about our games we played this week in the League?
2: Sure. Who wants to start? it? how did you do?
0: So, um, well, X-Force is out of the cuts for me now. It um, didn't really go very well. I kind of went into the game expecting him to play Spider-Foes for some reason. So I... Picked the list that would be better for spider foes and he dropped syndicate and I was pretty much like looking at the game like it was over from the start because I didn't think I had agency into syndicate with the list I had picked so it was just an uphill battle completely from list reveal because I pivoted wrong um, do you
2: want to just tell us <laughs> what characters you picked and he picked?
0: oh so I picked the core so Cable, Badger 23 Strange
2: Supreme Strange, right?
0: Yeah, Supreme Strange. I can't remember who the last one was because I don't remember the point values. Um, I'm trying to forget this game, you know. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he played Kingpin, Bullseye, Goblin. Is there a juggernaut in there somewhere? And Yeah, juggernaut. I can't remember who my last person was. Was it Medusa? That sounds That's like Medusa. yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, no, because it was 15 points. I couldn't play Medusa. So it was just just the core plus range. That's right, because it was 15. Gamma. Um, where I should have gone, though, was the Cable 23 Badger... Shuri and Bullseye, um, just because I have more agency on the scenario and robbing no points, and then Bullseye can go get a side hammer instead of twenty three having to go get the side hammer. I just have a lot more like flexibility with what I can do versus other one. I pretty much have like one game plan and I have to hope it works out, which it did not. Um, yeah,
2: that does sound not great for getting hammers to your four characters. Yeah, well, one I, mean, well, I was
0: expecting. Um, yes. I was expecting yeah, and I was expecting any spider foes with it, which, like, with that, I'm not as worried about it because.
1: Wait, I mean, isn't I it worse? Play... With... Isn't that worse with spider foes because they trap one of the wide hammers and go and get the other one?
0: It enables my R and D play way better though because if they trap it, then I can get damage on me and break right. right. my power on cable. So, like, uh, that's I was hoping for that to happen actually because I've actually yeah. shadow boxed into it a lot and yeah. played it, and I actually like it when they. Two traps and i take damage for it because then i just do a 23 and she's just gonna heal um that's an off chance of they roll all five and then i'm just dead um that's a yeah that's
1: thing. Low, low odds
0: um but typically speaking it's it's better and i could just r&d and do some fun things off of that but yeah, <laughs> again i expected foes drop syndicate and that just went terrible for me uh from there because i Definitely went into the tank in a few parts. At the end, um, I had a lot of people watching because I was streaming it. Saw a lot of people going back through the chat because I don't watch my chats when I stream. Um, saw a lot of people saying this is an emotional roller coaster right now um, because <laughs> the very end, I needed 23 to like basically deos a full health injured juggernaut or KO of full health injured juggernaut uh, kill somebody else and do something else. I forgot what it was now. And sure enough, like it just happened. Like she goes through and just one shot's kill or not. Um, <laughs> you had a second attack
2: and you went into Green Goblin or something.
0: Yeah, and that was a mistake. I I even said like I'm gonna go into Bullseye and uh, off of the frenzy, and um, and then I said no 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 I'm gonna do Green Goblin. Oh, because I was trying to trigger the frenzy. That's what I was trying to do. So I said I was gonna go into Bullseye. He had three left, three health left on Bullseye, and Goblin only had one health left. Um, uh, but bullseye hadn't gone yet where goblin had, so I was like, I'm gonna go into bullseye. And then I quickly pivoted and said, No, 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 Green Goblin, and then I rolled the dice when I should have just left it on bullseye. If I left it on bullseye, I think I actually have a chance to squeak through and pull it out. Um Yeah, yeah, because I would have had three hammers, their home point and um the middle point. <laughs> so it would have been a lot better. Um, would have clutched it right there, but I changed my mind and it hurt me. Um, it was just a rough game. So X-Force out of the cuts for me and time for me to figure out what the heck I'm doing because I wanted to just continue playing the list that I was going to play because I think my mid-season swap was actually a much better rendition because I'm throwing Winter Soldier back in there. Um, and I really kind of like like... When I was playing games that weren't League games, I was playing them with Winter Soldier. He's just super good. Just, he really is. And he's oppressive. And um, especially inside the team, he just makes it really scary, actually. Um, but then, I don't know. I feel like I kind of just need a break from X-Force for a little bit. So I'm going to go play some Midnight Suns. So. Oh, do that cool. for the next three weeks, and then I'll probably go back to X Force and see what else I can try to break and get them going again. But well, season eight new spoilers too. <laughs> yeah, maybe. season eight I'll be bringing X Force back to try and make it back into cuts. But for now, I'm just gonna toy around and see what else I can come up with.
2: You know, it's kind of a segue to say that a lot of really good players have been knocked out in round three. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had Merzane drop. To pastrami uh, a few days ago, uh, Travis got knocked out. Who I mean, before season six, Travis never missed cut since season one, and Mm. he just got knocked out in round three, which is crazy. Um, I feel like I'm missing someone else, uh, that got knocked out, but
1: Cookie's out as well. Yeah,
2: Cookie, well, Cookie kind of conceded out, so yeah, still. I mean, I'd say Dizzard um and Travis it's two big names right there and Merzane yeah so that's the three I'm thinking of just those three um but yeah it's kind of crazy to to just think about that and we still have another three rounds to go
1: yeah and there's a whole load of big names who are are two and one right now yeah also true Hmm.
2: including our two-time champion Pat so yeah it's two
1: and one yeah it's crazy uh, so as long as I keep winning, I should dodge Pat.
2: Yep. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh,
1: so I I won. Uh, I played a great game against uh, Silas from Denmark. Uh, he was playing convocation uh, roster and won prio, which is kind of big in that matchup. You know, being able to choose your choose your poison against the blacko criminal syndicate uh, combination. Uh, he. Chose his extracts, and we ended up on Herbs and Infinity at 17, my choice. Uh, and then it's kind of an interesting thing as to him trying to, the, the mind game that happens then of, can you predict what's going to hit the table and then tailor your list accordingly? And he guessed right that I was going to play Criminal Syndicate, but didn't see my me bringing Corvus and Proxima, which I don't think made a huge difference, but just like a little, uh, you always like to try and predict what your opponent's going to do. Um, he was playing Strange uh, Sorcerer Strange, Voodoo, Magic, Juggernaut, uh, and I had Kingpin, Hood, Bullseye, Corvus, and Proxima. So he was playing, banking on the Juggernaut herb stuff. And so round one, ran up and, and grabbed the grabbed the herb. And I thought, well, it's going to be really tricky for me to stop the Juggernaut scoring that. So I need to start the attrition. And of course, when you start attritioning against Convocation with the, with the placement on damage, when he starts taking damage, he starts getting closer. So uh, it was a calculated decision um, that I knew he was probably going to score at round two. And he did. Uh, and so at the end of round two, he was... Up, um, I think, seven four. Uh, and from that point on, uh, he didn't score a point until the last round. So, uh, turn three, I managed to, uh, Corvus managed to take out Juggernaut. He, um, I think he missed a, a, a slight trick in that the very first activation he had, he passed and he was running four to my five, but I had husband and wife. So, that allowed me to steal priority. Uh, round one So then going into round three i had priority um he also dazed my bullseye in round three which again helped with the priority um math but from that point on yeah i had people on points scoring points and corvus and proxima did good work into juggernaut and magic and voodoo um and ultimately the yeah bottom of six it was 14-8 uh he did get corvus in the end but corvus and proxima took out juggernaut magic and voodoo I think yeah almost almost took out voodoo Um, yeah so pretty you know a a casual you know 11 points and half of a fourth threat so you know it seems good value um yeah you
2: mentioned you never scored the herb yourself but still got to 16 points uh, I got 14
1: um so my plan was to have Proxima go up and get the herb round one uh well no not round one um round two I was always banking on doing it so round one I needed Proxima to sit on the back infinity and husband and wife to Corvus and then Corvus went up uh, maybe I grabbed it with Corvus, I'm struggling to remember now. But my plan was for Corvus and Proxima to pass the herb between them, giving that extra dice on the physical attacks that they want to be launching and just upping their stats a little bit, upping those damage output. Uh, but the power economy is so tight on Corvus and Proxima, it never worked out that I just had two power lying around on the character I needed at the time I needed it at the end of um, at the end of the activation to hand it off. So it didn't happen, but it was it was nice that I had that in my back pocket to try and edge it my way if i the power worked out a little bit better better for me
2: can you how how did it work out that like corvus against the convocation teleport leadership was he sticking on that or so
1: what i would do is i would go with proxima first and if they use their teleport against proxima's attacks then they can't use them against corvus because it's once per turn not once per activation so if Proxima does the attacks first and they bamf off, then Corvus can use... He was typically opening with Deathblow because he was being like thrown by Voodoo and stuff. Um, so he would open with Deathblow at range 3 and then get the move in to do it again and they've already used their bamf. If they do um, In the case where I had to switch targets because Proxima Day is someone, if you place base to base with anyone up to a 50 millimeter base and you're literally touching, they move away one. And if they've got a 50 millimeter base, then they are 0.8 of a millimeter inside range two. So a little bit of tech there. If you're playing against Convocation Banff, you want to end up base-to-base with them. Juggernaut can get out because he's got a 65mm base, but because 2 inches is 50.8mm, that means that after you've placed them range 1 and the 50mm base, then you've got that tiny, tiny bit where they are still in range 2. So I did a lot of placing Proxima next to someone, and then after the death blow, you'd come Corvus with death blow and then take a medium move to be literally base-to-base with someone else who is about to attack.
2: So, he was like moving Juggernaut away from Proxima, or you were weakening Juggernaut enough where.
1: Yeah, it was, was just. Bullseye um, put in some, some chip damage, which I wasn't particularly expecting. I was just hoping to build power, but he put in a little bit of chip damage on Juggernaut. Uh, and that started Juggernaut, the, the Juggernaut train rolling away, but uh, that chip damage helped when he got to the other side, and Corvus had to then deal with him. So. Pretty much in my head, I was like, okay, well, I'm giving away these four VPs, but I'm hoping that I'm going to have like at least parity on points because I'm going to get advantage in the secures from round two onwards. And that kind of worked out. On the other side of the table, it was just Kingpin and Sorcerer Strange duking it out. And Sorcerer Strange, a, a couple of good defensive rolls for me. Like one time I just rolled three crits as my defense. Like, oh, well, that's casually, I just pick up them and go for three more dice. Uh, but Strange took like eight activations to... Um, sorry, eight attacks to Day's Kingpin. And so Kingpin was constantly being uh, daggered, that placement effect he's got, off into the far distance. So his activation was just move, move, throw Strange off, and then Strange would like dagger himself back and then try and punch Kingpin and then with the extra power from the Infinity Formula and stuff. So mm. there was just this punch up, this, this slap fest that was going on over there until he finally dazed Kingpin. He had a uh, he had a because once Juggernaut was dazed, no one, no one picked up the herb for him, despite magic being there. But you know he had some good options for people to go and get it. But uh, towards the end, he had a play on the herb, which would be um, strange. Double moves picks up the herb and then daggers himself onto the onto the vessel. But I had Corvus babysitting the vessel, and I had way more activations than him because I'd taken out a couple of his characters. You so, mean scalpel, right? Sorry, scalpel. Sorry, right? scalpel, not dagger. Yeah, you're right. Scalpel. Um, so yeah, he had that on the table and I think, uh, in retrospect, maybe it was his route to victory. Um, because if Corvus sometimes strange just randomly doesn't die to Corvus, I've had that happen the other way around where just like, yeah, my strange is fine. Um, so maybe that would have been a sort of a, a Hail Mary to try and try and pull the game back.
2: Nice uh well i played against avengers sam spam um it was a super tight game it's actually on my uh twitch channel if people really want to watch it um it was just like neck and neck kind of very close for i can't want to say we went to turn six but i don't i don't know maybe it was like more like turn four and then we ended on turn five i think and that was like the big turn where all my characters seemed to be at like one health and, uh, you know, his characters were slightly wounded and it just, we knew, I think I was at 15 at the, in this beginning of the turn two, if I remember right. So it was kind of like, like, this is it. This, we know this is the last round and I ended up pulling it out. Um, I, I don't know. I don't have anything like super interesting to say about the game. I'm happy. I, I won. Uh, it was kind of little scary. We played Extremis, which is map D, which was mine, because I won Pryo, finally. And he had... Oh, gosh, was it Legacy Virus? You know what? Mm. Actually, I take it back. I think I won Pryo, and I took Extracts, because I liked his Secures. And I was yeah. like, well, I might as well have Extracts I like, too. Yeah,
1: that's good. So, when you're, you're on OCS, that's often a strong play, if they're not bringing yeah what you it, hate.
2: And so that that's how that went. And and I like extremists. It's in my own... Um, that's why I was confused because it's in my own secures as well. And people watching told me they think that I healed something like at least like 12 health or something in, in that game off hmm. of the extremist consoles. So I was definitely using the consoles aggressively to not die. Um, so it's always nice when, you know, my opponents are playing secures that I like um, as Criminal Syndicate. And... Yeah, it was still like a really tight game. It was a game where I ran um, my unaffiliated characters were Juggernaut and Toad. And it's actually interesting too, because I know, you know, Jacob, just between you and I and then other people I talked to, there's a bit of a debate on if Toad actually deserves to have a place with Syndicate or not. Um, Arguably Widow is better sometimes.
1: It's, Um, It's crisis specific. I think Toad plays the extract game better but Widow plays the secure game better but it tends to be well certainly in my roster when I'm playing criminal syndicate it's because it's I like the secure so yeah like, so, I've gone with Widow. I will say
2: Toad got dazed not quickly but I mean he definitely distracted a lot of the high threat characters um but you know he could only slippery so many times and then yeah he took him out but and so he wasn't getting my syndicate bonus anymore with his five health but on his flip side with three health and kind of hiding in the corner he often gave me, like, um, I did like move, hop onto the point, and then an attack with four dice. Now, I missed and I didn't get my wilds. But, if he gave me a wild, those were like, that was like a 1vp boost for me. You know? Yeah. I told you on turn 5, I was at 15. So, if he had not whiffed that wild, I would have immediately won the game because of Toad. So, I, that's definitely like an edge to me over um, Widow. Yeah, and, and- I still agree that it's a, it's not like black and white. It's like one's better than the other. I think they both have strengths and weaknesses, but I am still going to stick with toad for the next three games. And I think probably for my list, toad's the better call, but I definitely had widow, like for example, at LVO. And I, if I was playing like maybe your version, I'd maybe stick with widow. It's just interesting that there's actually a decision.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. no, It is. is.
2: Yeah. It's just in slippery was (laughs) amazing for me. Um, it just was saving his life and super distracting characters um yeah i don't know uh, my opponent played voodoo and enchantress you you could definitely feel the nerfs on enchantress especially on map d she would just like a lot of times at least two of the five turns she would like double move bow someone and that was kind of like her turn and it's just like okay you're for threat <laughs> you know like that doesn't feel that great um you know, and and knowing the distance and how far away I was, I knew that she couldn't like single move steal from me, which gave me a lot more confidence in like my positioning. Um, and I just say that I think Syndicate have a strong map D game, and uh, it was cool to experience it because map D is actually pretty rare these days. It seems like nobody likes playing map D except for like Web Warriors, and I have it, but it's only like one of my three secures, and so you yeah. just never know when you're gonna get it you know
1: yeah um, there's not many people who are leaning heavily into d the way that we kind of saw before
2: i was honestly so rusty on map d because i think my last map d game was against uh, art in the team event that we ran we we played uh-huh. uh, yeah. and that was back in like december and i have after my game i went into tts and i was just doing some like some dry runs of characters just because I haven't played Juggernaut too much in general because I was testing so much for LVO and he wasn't legal, so I didn't want to play like a character that's not legal. And so I really kind of banned myself from like even thinking about Juggernaut until, you know, after LVO. And so I was like reading his card constantly during the game. But also I was just like rusty on like okay, if Juggernaut does like a move and then his little charge, like do I reach from one console to another and then like Can I I the next turn go from that console to like their home point? And and then do I have to do like the triple move thing? And it was just like, so the answer to that question is Juggernaut definitely needs to kind of lean a little bit from one console to the other, and then he can make it in two moves uh, pretty comfortably. Uh, So he could directly block them a little bit, but he, he can make it and uh you know i just had to be mindful of those little things it's like just i was just like a bit rough, feeling a little rusty on map d and it was really making me nervous so there was some really scary moments where i was super close or i had like double medium move and i was just like please if this it, like the difference between that medium move making it and not making it was like possibly costing me a vp i wasn't going to get a heal off when like uh you know, Sam is like chasing me down with shield pros and it's like that one health could be the difference between a character KOing and scoring me a VP. So it's a bit nerve wracking, but um you know, happy to pull through and excited to keep going. I'm not going to change my roster at all, which is the first time I've ever done that in the history of the TTS league. Um, mm. So,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't make any changes either. I considered one, but I'm I'm still mulling it.
2: Yeah. I'm excited. I, I really enjoy playing my roster. It, like, I actually, speaking of Team League, the very first Team League, when I was on your team, Jacob, I played. Yeah. I, I had a blast mm. playing it. And so it's kind of cool to come back to that. Uh,
1: I, I mean, I think I remember at the time you said you thought they were a little bit dull, like less interesting. But I think you found a roster you really like and it you've kind of taken it your own way.
2: They, you know, and that's actually a segue into our main topic, honestly. But like Syndicate has evolved quite a bit since those days, uh, and they've developed more tools, and they've, they've definitely become a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, old Syndicate didn't really have a big extract game at all. Um, their character pool was much smaller. You know, you're playing characters like Crossbones, they're so slow. Map D maybe wasn't very exciting back when your choices was like Crossbones and. You know, like Green Goblin wasn't the greatest character back then. Yeah.
1: Taskmaster yeah. was a staple in the affiliation and you barely see him now.
2: Yeah. And even MODOK was kind of like the big character, but he's terrible on map D. So yeah. they, they were kind of like struggled a bit. And it's funny too, because back in the day, I remember everyone played Fisk and Terrigen, Uh and now yeah. I, neither of us are playing that, right? I, I no. don't think that that's that great. Um,
1: I think um, it's it's okay, I, I don't mind playing into it and I'd, I'd still consider playing Criminal Syndicate on them but I'd definitely be thinking about Black Order
2: Yeah, I actually I'm thinking of Beaton's game he played against Syndicate in, from that guy Reith and uh-huh. he plays Terrigen, I want to say in his Syndicate roster, which I find interesting I wonder why mm. he likes that so much um,
1: Well, should we get into our main topic then?
2: yeah
1: let's do it so last week we did uh, a section on how to some strategies and some tactics against black order uh and we, that was quite well received by the community so we thought we'd go for our second most popular vote on our discord which was to look at criminal syndicate and that just happens to be what Sploosh and i plan at the minute so um
2: Sploosh, well,
1: knowledge and experience
2: <laughs> well yeah well let's let's tell everyone how to beat us right yeah that's fun right And yeah, I mean, but all of our opponents please stop listening now pause the uh, the episode and hit play
1: in about three weeks right? <laughs> <laughs> um so i mean have you got any opening thoughts about uh, well, let's, let's start here how does what's criminal syndicate's game plan just in case people aren't clear let's let's define that
2: uh i mean it's really understanding their leadership uh you know i'm mr anti read the card but i actually think this might merit. I'll read the card. Uh, so, they have illicit network, uh, which kingpin, and once per turn, uh, they can spend two power to throw an asset or a citizen civilian uh, token range three to another character, and they have to do it during their activation. So, uh, that's the thing. So, you know, when they first came out, I, I feel like that was a bit of a dead text. I think some smart people were figuring out that herbs is pretty strong with syndicate, really, really early on. With that pet spent two power to throw something. Uh, however, most people know Syndicate for the fact that they, when they're healthy, they count as two characters while contesting uh, a secure, which, you know, kind of obviously excludes something like Mutant Madmen or uh, the Meteors and uh, the Spider People, I think is, it, is what it's called. Uh, but basically, the, the pay to flips, as people say. Yeah. Uh, does not work for pay to flips,
1: but it uh, does work on Researcher.
2: It does work on Researcher, which is a, I'm doing air quotes, extract. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's 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 pretty much their thing. And as I kind of alluded a little earlier, when they first came out, I think everyone was big on like play Gamma, play Fisk, and play terragen. that was kind of like end of story. Uh, researcher didn't exist. And uh, yeah. Herbs was kind of a thing. And then I think Cubes was really popular early on for Syndicate. Uh, because they have a lot of damage mitigation and Syndicate kind of struggles to do damage in general. So, cubes yeah. killing the other team was kind of a tactic for them to kind of whittle people down when they were often losing the extract
1: game. Yep. And they often gen- failed to generate power very well. So, they had kind of the web warrior problem. And so, that power generation was quite nice with them as well.
2: Yep, 100%. And I think cubes is actually still pretty decent for them. But if, I, I don't know. It's not what I'm taking right now. But I wouldn't I definitely consider cubes in the top like four. Um,
1: well, okay, but I'd flip that round and go, I can probably think off the top of my head of at least five affiliations who play cubes better than Syndicate, whereas I can't think of five well, affiliations who play researcher they, and her better than them.
2: I think when you're syndicate, you're it's implied you're gonna actually lose on cubes for a while. Um, no, no don't get yeah. me wrong, whether that's actually a good strategy or not is the up well, to date
1: uh cookie was on that he was hot on that for a while i remember speaking to him and i think you talked to him about it as well this strategy where you go down on cubes people get so you're happy to give them three or maybe even four cubes i think four's probably a bit rich but certainly going down one vp having them uh take some two two damage on each of the characters that have got cubes for two rounds and then beginning of round three you Um, steal priority and blow people up, um, do a bunch of damage to them, pick up the cubes and score all of the cubes, plus a whole bunch of secures, and score like nine VPs in one round.
2: Yeah, uh, and that's... Okay, I'm going to use that thought as a segue. So I think, especially early on, I would classify Syndicate as a tempo team, where they're like, maybe, waste quote-unquote, wasting power. Uh, to sort of delay the opponent's ability to take them out. Uh, it's a race against time, uh, and you're trying to score as many points as quickly as possible. And then hopefully kind of maybe like, and, and it's big uh, on swing turns, because what would end up happening is you'd say, let's say you made it like three turns and your characters are kind of all rat, like either dazed or close to being dazed. And it's like that, If you do the math if you score the right amount of points the game will end on turn four okay that's where you get the swing turn and often you don't have priority maybe Uh, maybe you do but sometimes you don't and then they use their tactics card all according to plan which lets you steal prio and the idea is you got kind of beat up so you gain a lot of power from being beat up and you spend all that power for all according to plan and maybe your characters are not like offensively very good but when the opponent's characters are all, like, you know, very wounded, you know, sitting at, like, two health, you know, uh, you can do that swing turn where you start gazing, like, two or three characters uh, in that turn, and then you get the points you need, and the game immediately ends, and then you don't get to those other turns that you probably would have lost the game if you got to those other turns, yeah you know? Uh, that's how I pictured them, especially early on. I still think, in some level, that's still how they operate. Uh, it's just... There's yeah. things
1: you can do with your roster selection, though, which can ameliorate that, which you, you go, I'm going to take the focus a little bit away from that. And um, like the game I played, I had two corridors. I had the I'm going to survive corridor on one side of Infinity Formula and the I'm going to beat people up with Corvus and Proxima on the other side. So I kind of was playing two different games, just the the sit on points on one side and the, the try, and, try and leverage some attrition on the other side.
2: Yeah, totally. I actually... Always think of Wakanda when I think of that strategy because Wakanda tends to be kind of passive, except they have Killmonger just randomly. Yeah. So <laughs> it's yeah, like and one black side purple. of the table is like Killmonger activating first and killing everyone. And then the other side of the table is these late activation, like push people around. You know? Yeah.
1: And, and, and randomly yeah, pops off and does a million damage. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, the game has given you a lot more tanky characters since back in the day. I mean, you got like lizard. Um, yeah, course, anything indestructible, right? And then Corvus Proxima, both are indestructible and just like these big threats.
1: You, you mean you mean invulnerable, don't you? The damage. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. What
2: was I saying? Invincible. Yeah.
1: In, indestructible. Yeah. Which I mean, sometimes Lizard <laughs> does feel indestructible, so I get why you say that. But um, yeah, Lizard does feel like another affiliated character. I know he's not affiliated, and so he can't contribute towards all to Blamver. But he, uh, I think most people start their convocation list with Kingpin, Lizard, probably Bullseye, and then think, okay, which three am I going to take? some people like hood some sometimes you want to take black cat sometimes you want to bring in crossbones i guess some people like that um but i think we've talked a lot about not playing uh not playing against them but playing with them because it's so key to understanding how to beat them you've got to really get your head around what their game plan is and a lot of the time it's going to be i'm going to be tanky and sit on points um and uh that's it's it's a really strong game plan like kingpin is like we saw in my game this week can be really really difficult to take out so he can you can have to devote a lot of resources to doing that and then you know you're not using your resources elsewhere and there's there's they can go quite wide now because they've only got a nine point core and kingpin bullseye in a three uh yeah, throw them two good. threes and you've got uh six five at 17 without too much problem you need a three and a two to bulk it out but lizard is your three and your two can be either toad or black Widow.
2: Yeah, I just want to finish the thought on tempo too. Oh
1: um, ah, sorry. Yeah. A, a
2: very like you can kinda of tell you're playing against a good syndicate player when they'll do something like and you mentioned this even in your little you know, earlier from your game, but you might just with Kingpin double move throw and not throw into something. Yeah. But just trying to get that, far, that throw as far as possible. So basically Kingpin spending power to literally just throw your character, which is kind of unofficially a stagger often yeah uh, so you know it's or not kind of like charging like right yeah but it, a lot of people it's hard to wrap your head around that like just even just to not give them one power uh and, and and to spend power to like maybe you he could have thrown like a size three building into the person but that's not as valuable you're you're more thinking tempo it's more about i just am going to spend power to inhibit your ability to kill my characters because i'm winning as long as the board state doesn't change yeah. Uh, that's just I think an important thing to mention in that often playing syndicate correctly means doing what seems like not like the most efficient or definitely not like an attrition style tactic you know
1: okay, so let's let's try and flip it around now and think about how games when we lose, why is it that we we're losing?
2: Um. Well, because basically everything we just said stops happening or doesn't work out. (laughs) Maybe my opponent backstopped their characters, so I can't easily just launch them, you know, medium move away from my kingpin. You know, I just just basically picking, first of all, it's turn zero, right? So taking objectives that don't make Syndicate happy.
1: Sure, let's dig into that. And that's not even turn zero, that's roster construction, isn't it?
2: It's like minus one. I, I, we're going to yeah. have to create a new term Like yeah. because turn zero has gotten so expensive, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but yeah. Uh, well, the obvious, I think for most people is just take pay to flips. Uh, maybe not an option though, as much as you think because some affiliations don't like pay to flips. Like, I don't think personally Midnight Suns likes pay to flips.
1: No, but uh, there's, there's a number who do. I mean, Avengers are perfectly happy, Brotherhood, um, Asgard. There, there's a number of affiliations. that Those just three off the top, I think, are just, just fine with them. And it doesn't really moderate their game plan. I think uh, Guardians, because any and go wide team. So maybe, sure. yeah, X-Men are good with them too, especially Understorm. Um, uh, so yeah, one, I think my really show
2: sure. is um, just because you hear voices and, you know, tell you take pay to flip, does that actually mean it's, like, always the right call?
1: For sure. An um, um, alternative,
2: true. you might want to take demons downtown or intrusions.
1: Um, uh, it's also, I think it's worth pointing out just because you've got pay to flips against criminals doesn't mean it's a windmill slam win. They're very good at going, you know, like we, that team we mentioned at six wide. And often a key on pay to flips is just bodies. So you've got attempts to flip and uh, just you're generating more power per turn because you have more bodies. And so you don't mind spending that one power on the interact. So they're they're not. I mean, they're not. They're, you're mitigating their big advantage by taking pay to flips, but you are not making them a bad team.
2: Yeah, mutant madman is also like kind of not a pay to flip. Sometimes it feels. I mean, obviously it is a pay to flip on paper, right? But the fact that it lets you roll on your physical defense dice, you're gonna have characters like Lizard that we discussed and Kingpin. Uh, those are just two great examples uh, that. They're fine on Mutant Madman. In fact, they're so fine on Mutant Madman, but that I would reliably send Lizard into the opponent's side of the board turn one, and if there's only one character contesting, that's probably going to be yours. I think statistically, do you know the math? It's seventy-five percent. Am I crazy or?
1: Yeah, it's Uh, it's about that. I've got an article somewhere with it on. I've not come. Yeah, I
2: mean, I don't want to put you on the spot for exact number, but yeah, Yeah. it's high, right? Certainly above like
1: sixty-three.
2: Sure. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know. um,
1: And even if you fail, he takes one damage, which he's going to heal at the end of his next activation. So maybe that just changes your activation order.
2: Yeah. And obviously, if you're bringing Mutant Madman, the Syndicate guy, he's bringing Extracts and he might like some of those Extracts
1: well yeah let's let's dig into that so what because i think we've got the same extracts you and i in our syndicate roster so do you want to just hit on those and explain yeah, how correct me if we don't, um, yeah.
2: obviously research station i mean it's basically staple to all syndicate rosters yeah and i think uh,
1: i can't think of an affiliation that plays research better than them
2: if you haven't heard our episode on research station we did like a, a pillars of the game and i think it's a must listen personally uh, yep. And I don't want to get into it now, but just trust us. <laughs> uh, and then Mystic Wakanda Herbs is what I brought in. Uh, this used to be cubes for me, but I felt like, for me personally, Juggernaut was a good ad for this. And I also think a sleeper hit on Wakanda Herbs and watch for her is Proxima. Um, Proxima yeah. can do some real things with a long move and a jump. And uh, she also doesn't mind being immune to stagger and slow and doesn't mind having an extra. Dice like you mentioned, yeah, yeah, uh, so, loves an extra die move and get a nine dice attack, sure. Right.
1: And then the fact that you can then just throw it range three and then have someone else move, and like, yeah, um, so and then they can throw it if they've got the power. So turn two is not an unreasonable thing to expect Criminal Syndicate to score the herb,
2: yeah. There's, actually, actually I'll, I'll, I'll share with the universe, um juggernaut can move up to the herb and grab it and then that costs one power and he has three power so you spend two power and you can give it to someone else so you have to move a character uh like first so you'd move like uh i don't know let's just say proxima um over and then uh juggernaut Goes up, grabs the herb, immediately throws it to that character. And if for people to visualize this, it's roughly like to the left of like, like range one and a half, range two of a home, like gamma point or whatever, you know, hammers, whatever, you know, those home points. Yep. It's about like range two to the left of that.
1: So they're, um, they're back on your side, like significantly. They're back yeah. near uh, your infinity. And- the, like and the, if that
2: character yeah. didn't spend a power for their turn, they now have two power for the next turn. Yeah. Which means they can move and throw it to someone else.
1: Yep. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's Pretty nice. Yep. Uh, and and then, then you can, you can lay mission as well. Threat which,
2: values, uh, Jacob. Uh, uh-huh. Herbs is 15 threat and Blackwater is a little bit of a boogeyman right now. So yep. having 15 threat and probably if you're playing uh syndicate you're you're not picking these extracts you're getting you're being forced to and that means you get to pick threat so if herbs gets flipped then you could say 15 against someone who's threatening black order on you and you feel maybe a little more comfortable about what they're going to pick yeah not to say they won't still play black order they could it's just yeah. uh, not as effective maybe
1: and the final final one we've got is legacy virus right
2: yeah Legacy virus. Legacy virus is just like so sweet for a syndicate.
1: Um, Yeah. You've got black cat who can just walk up and take something and then you've got the leadership to assemble the pieces onto whoever you want, whoever you want.
2: Yeah, I actually on camera at LVO uh, scored legacy virus to beat a Brotherhood player. And uh, you can uh, have cat steal a virus at some point in the game and then have say, somebody else give her a second virus and have her hide in the corner somewhere, and then you can do like end of activation, double move, uh, all according to plan, double move, and just basically steal from like across the entire table to mm. score a virus.
1: Yep, that Same seems image. good.
2: Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Uh, auto winning yeah. the game. I, I hear that's good. I, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> you know. And it's like almost really nothing your opponent can do. Even if you're playing the Syndicate Mirror, the way it works is the opponent's, act, uh, what is it, um, power phase. So just check all coordinate to plan. The exact verbiage is, um, yeah, during the power phase, any number of ally characters pay the power for all coordinate to plan. So what happens is the other Syndicate player says, you know, it's my power phase. I pass. I'm not doing anything. And then the second guy says, I use all according to plan. That person, your opponent cannot respond to that action. So yes. you, you're taking Pryo, no questions asked, uh, in a and mirror.
1: Then, yeah, at some point. But
2: yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a big deal.
1: So we've talked, again, we've gone into detail on what Syndicate are trying to do. We need to flip this round and help people see what they can do to stop Syndicate doing this to them.
2: Well, so. don't bring Research Station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's step one, right? Um, and yeah, so. the, in the LVO game, my opponent brought Legacy Virus. I didn't play it. So what's yeah. the what did we learn? <laughs> yeah. Don't play Legacy Virus probably in your roster unless you're a syndicate or have some insane strats to stop things, you know?
1: yeah i mean maybe you've got as good tech in your roster in which case maybe then it's more of a a dice and it's more of a kg who can get their their rube goldberg machine to fire better um
2: yeah uh, and i don't think we're like i don't think syndicate's crazy on herbs like i actually think people can play herbs safely
1: yeah i I agree and i think there are teams who do herbs better than criminal syndicate um but sure there's not that many of them and it's only a one in three and it's, it's, they're still pretty good. Uh, and if you're like my roster and you've got a choice of black order, if they haven't, you know, herbs can be really slow. If you have someone marking that uh, stick, Corvus marking the, the altar, uh, like whatever it is, the vessel. Yeah. Um, so um, well,
2: if you, do you want to just go through what extracts they don't like? Cause that's obviously a, a discussion, right? I think, um, Alien ship and scrolls is probably like top. Um,
1: you see, I, I'm, I, I, you're right. I think they're probably the worst for them, but they're still really good because they've got an affiliated black cat who can just run up and yoink it off you. Yeah,
2: but I think and if they go wide,
1: so cool. they're likely to go last to do that. When they can double move her in and do that, and then that's a four VP swing. Plus, you've got whichever secure you're playing on for them to score points on as well, and that's where they have their traditional advantage.
2: I mean cat can be stopped pretty well by Voodoo. I mean if he can just Agreed. get that possess on her, she doesn't really have she knows like um a dog that barks worse than its bite. Like she doesn't yeah. have the bite. Um, yeah.
1: then she just becomes a stagger bot and she she's running around and trying to take down the efficiency of whatever your biggest piece is. That's what she ends up doing. Um which is sure. just not awful. Uh but it's not what she not what you're not what you brought her for. So, yeah, dealing with Black Cat is definitely a big part of it. I mean, there's a lot of people who try to brute force their way through Criminal Syndicate and just go, well, I'm going to daze your characters and then they're dazed so they lose the the secure part of the leadership and they're dazed. So if I've got one healthy, then I'm out contesting them.
2: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like winning Pryo and choosing securities and picking secures they don't like is probably like a big part of it. Um, I don't know that extract punish syndicate much but I, like i don't think syndicate's a big fan of like senators
1: mm. uh no no i can see that
2: the threat's a little too low for them I, I honestly think that 14 threat should be removed from the game but that's a whole different thing <laughs> yeah because unfortunately some affiliations just don't play 14 very well uh you know their yeah. leaders are too expensive and you know it's tough uh so you what do you think is i mean i'm open to suggestion here i mean what's the extract that quote-unquote counter syndicate
1: I, I, like i said i'm not sure there is one i think you want to actively avoid the three that they want and cubes is questionable um i think it can it can be good maybe spiders is one you would consider as a good one against them because you can then pull in their characters they're trying to keep safe and get more attacks into them uh, and that you might be able to leverage that to an attrition advantage. There's there's an argument there. But at the same time, it's still a high tempo, it's high scoring. And so, you know, it's not unreasonable that Syndicate can win the game. I think they can win the game round two if it's like Spider's Gamma. Yeah,
2: you want that. to be careful giving too many VPs to Syndicate. Yeah. Because that's but, the thing. They're trying to score as many points as possible. It's a tempo stock thing I'm talking about, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, scrolls and chips are generally neutral on score. Herbs is pretty slow with scoring. I mean, often it never gets scored. And I mean Senators promotes killing and it's a low threat. I mean, granted, you don't always have to play a fourteen threat with this new world we're in. But if you that's the thing, like if you're playing against syndicate, you probably were forced into having senators, right? So you can force fourteen in that situation.
1: I mean, maybe Hammers, because there's only four of them, not five, and it makes the attrition game go a bit faster.
2: Yeah, I don't like Hammers at Syndicate, because they don't actually... That's that's probably something worth talking about. They don't really have middle-grab strategies. Not really. I mean, you could force, like, you know, the Amazing Spider-Man or Angela, but those characters I don't think actually fit with their style at all. Yeah, I agree. That's that's my opinion, um, but I don't think so.
1: So we're talking about things where you can go up and get a extract that's on that middle line of the board and still be re- relatively safe.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. there is another way to play against Syndicate, and that's like kind of more of the Web Warrior style, where you're also playing basically the same game as they are. Um, that's not many teams in the game. I think Black Order can kind of play like that too. So having like a Thanos to move things around is pretty powerful and you know I, I that's like maybe a whole different discussion is to like how to beat them and using that strategy in in your objectives to you know i, I know like mike who's you know one of our hosts <laughs> he's big on webwires and they're more controlly and he's also playing black order and he runs scrolls and alien ship i believe i'm almost positive Um, and yeah, Mm. that just slows the game down and it's kind of weird because if no one ever grabs a scroll, I actually think there's in a control game, it's just a whole different game because even though the score is going to be really low and you might just go to turn six, if you're both not killing each other, then you are looking for like swing turns to get like some kind of VP advantage. Yeah. It's just kind of fascinating. Like the scoring. Like the normal way we think of scoring kind of shifts a little bit in that scenario. It's, I think it's kind of, I'll give an example. It's kind of like um, when Black Order gets VPs for killing characters and the score is really low, like those little bumps of VP like matter so much more, right, because it's like the higher value when the score is low mm-hmm. than when the score is like going really quickly, you know?
1: I think I think we've done a singularly bad job of giving people solid bits of advice to help them play against Criminal Syndicate. So let's try and remedy that. Okay. One thing that I, I hate seeing my opponent do is um, deploying centrally. If you put your characters central, because it's quite likely Criminal Syndicate is going to be going pretty wide. They're often five or six wide, and they can go even like seven wide at high threats. And what I want to do as I'm a criminal syndicate player is I want to see where you're putting your heavy hitters and kind of put my the bulk of my force somewhere else. So if you're going, okay, you're going um, on the, the left hand side on that B shape. Great. Well, I'm going to go on the other side with more characters and try and swarm that side and stay away from your beat sticks. By going in the middle, you're giving yourselves options. You're never really going to be making many attacks round one anyway, but what you can do is you can delay the activation of that heavy hitter until later in the round, see where I'm deploying my forces, and apply pressure where you want to apply pressure. That then flips around in in your thinking. You should be thinking, right, there's there's four points here. There's four secure points, or maybe we're scoundrels and we're five. And it's like, right, well, that one there... They can just have. They can have a character sitting over there and fine. And ideally, that character's not Bullseye. You don't just want to leave a tooth threat sitting over there because Bullseye is really annoying. Uh, Because he will move, throw a dagger, and then uh, he'll move, and then hit and run, throw a dagger, and move back to where he was. So he still gets to contribute. So don't, don't, don't make the one you're going to say you can just have that one be the one with bullseye on because he'll still contribute to the fight. And that's just and he's he's a smaller threat value as well. So they're only having two threats sitting over there. Try and make it so there's a they're forcing to have like hood. Hood has to stay over there and score a point in which case they're not getting the healing off Hood, which means that their attrition is going to go better for me, and they've got a three threat that's sitting over there as opposed to a two threat. And maybe they bring Hood off that point, but then they're sacrificing victory points, and that's going to slow them down. Most of the time, the Syndicate player will go, I really don't want to do it, but I've got to leave this character here. So the way you can... But they will typically out-deploy you because they'll have often more models, particularly if you're going narrower to keep priority, to keep your attrition focus on, which is a lot of people's plan and is a decent plan into criminal syndicate. So if they deploy, cent- coming back to the original point, if you deploy centrally, I can't see where you're going to apply that pressure. It's not obvious to me. And I have to deploy my plan and put hood on this side and bullseye on this side. Uh, and then you can go, right, well, I'm going to go towards this side and I'm going to make you waste that character's threat value by sitting on a point. Uh, And you can just have it. And there's very little I'm going to be able to do about that. Maybe a super-duper control-heavy team might be able to, but you probably need to go wider than them as well as have lots of control elements. It's just hard. So deploy important pieces in the middle is a a solid bit of advice.
2: How about this for... You just kind of made me think. Um, Yeah, first of all, I agree with you on the deployment thing. Uh, In my opinion, um, in some of the games I've recently played in the League, my opponents misplayed by like kind of telegraphing where their like, best characters are going to go. And, and even like an example, it doesn't even have to be the killing, which is important, but it could be where voodoo is when I'm trying to think of where cats going to go.
1: For sure. That's you know? massive.
2: Um, and probably play voodoo against syndicate. If that wasn't <laughs> obvious from what we've been saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like don't give any information out on turn zero, placing your characters. So, cause yeah, if it's, and that's the thing, it's worth noting that we, I think, Syndicate is very strong on wide scenario and less strong when you're forced into a, b- a mosh pit. Yep. Um, you may notice, for example, we didn't say we're taking gamma.
1: Um, yeah, and they yeah. can be really strong on gamma, and you can run away with gamma. But I've lost probably as many games as I've won on gamma with Syndicate because all your dudes in one place, and they're allowed—they're bringing their force to bear on one little area.
2: Yeah, it's just—it's—it's it's asking for trouble. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, since it's, it's a wide scenario, be very cagey with where your characters are going to go. Because if you place, in my opinion, anything 4th threat or higher, if you place it, like, in a, a corner without full information as to where it's going to go. And honestly, even putting them in the corner could be bait. Because let's just say, hypothetically, I put, like, Juggernaut on a left corner, and then you put, I don't know, like, something five threat or higher opposite juggernaut i mean there's nothing stopping me from just like triple moving juggernaut to the opposite side of the board you know and then i guess you could try to follow me but maybe you're not as fast and any anything that's going on in the game that's not like my character's dying it's probably to my advantage Mm. Um, so you need to think about that stuff and you need to like uh, syndicate tends to have a lot of characters that kind of get countered by things um like bull or crossbones doesn't like energy attacks you know um I, I don't know uh I, I, there's certain characters that like i don't want hood getting anywhere near and
1: yeah i mean uh, I, I, energy I, I, attacks
2: on juggernaut like i don't know you know what i'm saying there's just like a lot yeah. of characters that don't like things black cat doesn't like voodoo you know i mean yeah i can go on and on and on
1: any you know? size three character push or throw
2: yeah well or if i see you place like sam wilson And he only moves size two. I'm gonna try to put like my size threes across from him, so then I'm nullifying your abilities. And syndicate have a pretty good number of size threes. I mean, so
1: nearly uh, always playing lizard, yeah.
2: So it's it's. I mean, this stuff is kind of like should be known anyway, because it's like that's how the game is played. But I think it's really important with syndicate you maximize the game, you know, sufficiencies as soon as possible. Mm.
1: And uh, control can be really effective against them. Because uh, just you're slowing the game down. They're not going to race to a victory round four, which is kind of what most syndicate players want. They want if it goes past round four, then it's looking bad for them unless they've got like this hybrid game plan where they're going. I'm going to sit on point on this side of the map and I'm going to beat you up on this side of the map. Maybe in in a list like that, they're they're fine, but a kind of a, a, a true blooded syndicate list as you typically think of them. They want to win round four. They're looking to score four VPs every round. And if you can stop them doing that by moving people off, then you're buying time for your attrition to weigh in and to get people dazed and stop them counting.
2: So actually, I just remembered my other part of that. So you mentioned that like people that are playing attrition teams tend to go narrow, like four characters. Yeah. And play follow me, things like that. Um, that was like a big part of like kind of how I played Dormammu in last season. And I actually think that's like a mistake against syndicate. Uh, I actually think volume of bodies, if you can do it and not like weak bodies, you know, like don't play Wong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm not the body. Okay. I'm talking like maybe even a nebula or something that can like a uh, rocket. Maybe, you know, maybe you play guardians. You're playing guardians of the galaxy. I, you know, it's like, just characters that can like hit above their weight class. Um, and just really just the volume of dice. Also just having more bodies means maybe you can afford to put two characters to counteract their one character, you know? Uh, maybe you like days, one character and then put two characters and sure you didn't score, but neither did they. And they're, yeah. they're a race against time, you know, that tempo I was talking about. Um, but volume of dice uh, has value in this game. And it's kind of yeah. like, how these go wide teams go,
1: like but Guardians the is, is probably you know, one of the harder matchups for Criminal Syndicate, I'd say.
2: Yeah, it, two of my wins this season against against Midnight Sons, and yeah. I want to say that both my opponents took four characters. Like maybe I'm misremembering, but um, yeah, like I just think it's too much pressure on your characters to do. And, and you can't move around and chase them around. You're just like you don't have the. The bodies or the activations or the power to like kind of follow them around and just try to like clean the, up the board. Because Syndicate's is gonna just try to like run away and not die, you know? Um, but yeah, I think even if you're like an attrition team, you might want characters like a moon knight or something, someone who just throws dice.
0: All right. So like what characters would you recommend running?
2: Uh yeah, uh so I found Mystique is obnoxious. Uh, because she has that shapeshifter thing that makes it so you can't use your you know, damage reduction skills. For example, uh, intense physical conditioning on Kingpin doesn't work. And Juggernaut has a uh, nice punch. You can't use that. Uh, Bullseye can't use his I Never Miss. Or no, no, uh, Parting Shot. And Hood can't use Invisibility Cloak. Uh, yeah, so there's like a lot of these like reactive things. Uh Crossbones has abilities that react. And uh, I'd also just you gotta mention Loki or perhaps like some kind of root combo of like Groot plus Loki, maybe um that kind of thing. Even um characters that do the like take no gain no power when you take damage. Um, for example, like Ronin, uh Wizard, Scarlet Witch, they have those abilities where you could make it so people don't gain power because often syndicate's best way to gain power is just getting beat up yeah um, voodoo uh, we keep mentioning but you can't mention voodoo enough uh, voodoo is really annoying for syndicate because uh, you just can't even score anything you can't score secures you can't score uh, extracts um how did you i mean you've played against syndicate too do you have any suggestions
0: Um, I typically like things that have mystic attacks. So voodoo again. Um, because like if you can like take out kingpin early, then you're sitting way better. Uh, whatever you can do to get damage on them to get them injured. Yeah, you just said like you don't really want to like be damaging too much. But it's I don't know. It's kind of just like if you can get them damage on their injured side early, your game's gonna go a lot better for you. It's gonna become a lot easier. Um, I mean obviously, obvious many... like
2: cheap hyper efficient killers like x23 right yeah I mean, she's cheap and she's very efficient um yeah absolutely maybe a so baron like demo
0: to... yeah so it's like you take stuff that's going to like guarantee you some like kills if you're playing that game plan because a lot of times you're just not gonna outscore syndicate and it's, gonna, it's extremely hard to do that um so I would just say like you say, like don't give them power, but you kind of it's you, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So at that point, you might as well accept your fate <laughs> and uh, just throw everything you got into them as early as you can. That's that's been my game plan into them, and it typically works out pretty decently. Um, they're also like kind of susceptible to control, like stuff mm-hmm. like Sorcerer Supreme, Strange, scalpeling Kingpin to Oblivion, and he's kind of just out of the game at that point. Sure, he can just double move on to the point. I'd much rather Kingpin being able to just double move on to the point and then not be able to hail to the king. Um, Or doing the same thing with like if they're taking a jugs. Um, Just like limiting their efficiency is pretty huge. So bringing control if you have that because you can easily like most of their things are size 3 which most of the good pushes in the game are size 3 or less. So like even Shuri Shuri's great in the Syndicate. Shuri
2: whereas a Panther is really good. Yeah, uh, and he can bring the damage randomly when he needs to. Uh, yeah. The hulks are really annoying because they can throw far, so you just kind of pick them up and get them far away. Um, uh,
0: yeah, juggernaut's really good into them too, to be to be honest, because like, if you you're, you're who do you, do you know who I am, you're just going to like pitch someone range long, like and let's say you're doing it the kingpin. Kingpin's not doing anything that turn
2: yeah i mean and drugs can just randomly do like some big spike where like minus one damage doesn't all of a sudden feel that great yeah Uh, i could kind of see that uh you know it's kind of uh not mentioned earlier but just higher threat values also um I, i realize that higher threat gives you this idea of like well yeah sure but then syndicate brings more bodies but i feel like in my opinion more bodies needs more dice more spam more characters to they could throw dice at your characters and just things start dying, you know. Yeah. um, it, it's just more chaos, and I don't think really syndicate's looking for chaos. <laughs> they want to ha- like feel in control at all times in the early game. So that's a thought. I agree with that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I I think that probably covers it. I'm not. I'm probably missing for sure at least one character. But I do think like roots and like anything that like slows effects down, um, it's pretty annoying, uh, yeah. For them. Uh, oh, well, in like bitter rivals, like, which is like one of the very few like effective, uh, or like tactics cards for offense, uh, you know, Helios, Laser, um, you know, things like that that can just bring extra offense.
0: I like bitter rivals into them just because it's like you're again like you're limiting their defense and they're also limiting what they're gonna be doing on their turn. Um just because it's like you they're minus one died, they're already somewhat pillow fisted for most of their characters. They're not really the ones doing damage, yet they can. But you limit that die even more than like it's just it helps. I like bit I like bitter rivals more than brace into um them to be completely honest.
2: Yeah, I actually think Bitter Rivals might be um, slightly underrated. I think there could be an argument for, like, say, like, field dressing Bitter Rivals if you're like an electrician team, especially if you're like a go wide team. And I do think just bringing lots of hyper efficient, cheap characters can actually be really annoying for Syndicate. Because they they actually are happier when you're bringing like fewer characters. So then they could do that like move, move, throw or something, you know, and just kind of annoy a character turn yeah. after turn but if right, you, you're yeah. yeah if you're playing a ton of characters it, it, that that throws less impactful
0: right absolutely it's, it's really just limiting like limiting what syndicate do, can do like that's really all it comes down to is how can you impact their decisions to make their decisions harder and how can you make like make what they do less impactful it's not easy by any means but like it can be done
2: I actually think if you have syndicate in mind, they're pretty easy to counter. I just think a lot of people don't respect it enough to think about it or care, or maybe they don't play against it enough locally. So they don't even maybe they don't even know they should be caring about it. You know, that's fair. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think syndicate. In my opinion, I don't actually think they're overpowered or anything. I just think it's similar to Black Order in that you've got to have like a mindset going into the game. And if you're going to lose against Syndicate, it probably is not even because of your gameplay in the game. It's because of
0: things you didn't even consider before the game started. Yeah, I would, I would easily agree with that. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our opinions. Please note, as time continues, some information may become outdated, but we will do our best to refresh some of the more prevalent episodes to be current. Be sure to check out Across the Bifrost Nexus, where you can find all of your MCP content. And a big thank you to Discount Games Inc. and Blackgate Games, where you can find all of your MCP needs. And then a huge thank you to Atomic Mass Games for developing a game we all enjoy and love. We'll see you next time in the Danger Room. simulation.